Hello, Catherine. Hi, Mech. <laughs> Great to see you. Where are you calling in from for our listeners? I am here in the basement of my condo in Waterloo, Iowa. Where are you at? <laughs> that kind of sounded like a six-year-old woman, and that's like not inaccurate for you. Where's your knitting supplies? How far away are they? <laughs> oh, it's right here. <laughs> Actually, <laughs> they're convenient, conveniently located. <laughs> yes. Yes. I am calling from the Beaverdale neighborhood of Des Moines. Do you want to share your thoughts about taking a little drive from Madison, Wisconsin area? Shout out to DeForest. In this high school hub of Bobub. And going to Wartburg, there were two youngsters looking to do some freshman pre-orientation at SOAR Day. And that would be Catherine and I meeting. And how long do we hang out or talk? Like an hour, maybe two? I mean, throughout the evening. Yeah. Yeah. And we were like in like group breakout-ish things together too, right? Like signing up for classes and... Found out we were like the same major, same yeah. department, that sort of thing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm surprised I didn't lose you at the point. I was like, hey, Katie, let's do bunk beds. <laughs> but also, I can't be on the top bunks, I'm afraid. <laughs> <laughs> I just, I, I had never, ever slept in a top bunk before. And so I'm, I was just like, okay. <laughs> Only That's child good. Catherine. <laughs> I was like, I don't know what to do. <laughs> so I work at the Iowa Association of Business and Industry, ABI Foundation. Um, we develop Iowa's leaders to strengthen our state's communities and companies. Um, so essentially, I work out of a statewide chamber of commerce, and I work on our programming side that reaches um, professionals through um, a professional immersion program called Leadership Iowa. We reach college students with a five-day program in August called Leadership Iowa University. And then we also have a high school program that is a startup week. Um, innovation simulation is what I call it. <laughs> <laughs> and it's business horizons. So um, we kind of have this intensive calendar that is year-round that um, explores what's needed in our states and gets um, different audiences excited about doing what their part is. Um, it's hard because it's kind of nondescript in terms of it's all interests and occupations and areas and just brings together this wide variety of people where the demographics are really interesting because they are diverse and they are um, different backgrounds and um, different paths forward, different areas they would be looking to influence, um, but all interested um, in what they can do within our state or because of what they were able to gain in our state. So um, that's kind of the common thread point in my specific, I'm the marketing engagement coordinator. So um, I get to work with participants and alumni and then other partners, um, be it sponsors, um, other organizations that are partners in what we do. I just wrote down a quote actually that was um, 
don't want the urgent to crowd out the importance. And so it's kind of always a balance of we want to be really concurrent with what's going on in our state and reflective of that in our communication and in our programming. But then also there's just the important substantial aspects of our state and our culture and what needs to be brought to the table that way, um, what we're looking to curate. So, yeah. <laughs> With you being at the college, Catherine, would you like to share a little bit about what you do there? Sure. I used to say my role was threefold, but now I think it has four parts to it. Oh. Yes, so I work at Wartburg College in the Alumni Parent Relations Office. I am the Communications Associate for Alumni alumni and Development. So what that means is I shepherd marketing projects for our development team. So anybody who needs um, marketing materials for fundraising efforts or press releases or um, event promotional things. I am the account manager essentially for that project. So I relay the information to everybody who needs it to do the projects themselves and I do writing for that. And then I also do the email marketing. That's probably the main and most consistent part of my job. I do all the emails through the alumni parent relations office. So um, all of our event promotion, usually like our homecoming and family weekend, our day of giving, Unite Day in the spring, um, and all the emails that come in between throughout the year is me. And usually that's pretty much instigated by somebody else. So it's kind of cool. I get to take other people's ideas and bring them to life, organize information, reach out to folks. Um, it looks a little different with COVID, but we're finding things to do, which leads me to my other point. I recently initiated a book club through my work in May, and um, it's a virtual book club, and it was our only programming that we had through our office actually for, I think, two months. So we, I, was, I, I still lead it. Um, choose a different book every month and we have online discussion via Facebook and then at the end of the month we have a meeting on Zoom and it's way fun and then the fourth part of my job is I oversee interns so um, I lead most of our intern meetings and I have two interns who help me out with email marketing and I think I think that's my job (laughs) it looks so different over the last six months I'm like I don't know it's normal I'm curious, what role do you think feminism has played in this coming of age timeframe coming into the role of being an emerging leader and young professional? Yeah, feminism is, I think it has two sides for me. Um, The first is that it's challenged me. The emphasis of my life is very different. I want to serve people. I want to care about people. I want to do things with intention and have critical thinking and have these conversations and be open to learning. And I think 
feminism and the people I surrounded myself with, like you, Mackenzie, are like have challenged me and being open to that criticism has been really great. Um, on the other side of it, I was a women's studies minor <laughs> in college and um, I, I got to enact the feminism. It's hard, I think, in <laughs> communication in our roles um, where our personal values intersect with our roles in our organizations we work for. Um, because I, I think you and I both, correct me if I'm wrong, want to be having those conversations and pushing our organizations to do more, but still understand from a marketing side, a PR side that we can't, we don't necessarily have all that power. Things, institutions don't work the way we want them to work. And, so I think I've grown into that understanding a lot through college. And I think I'm on a very different tangent than we started on. Now feminism is intersectional. It's not just white women. So I think um, feminism plays a role in my life and thinking outside of myself and thinking about people who are very different than me. And I have a really hard time thinking outside of myself. Only child Katie is like, what can I do for me? And so <laughs> challenging that is hard, but I try. I think at a lot of our cores, that's where we operate from intentionally and intentionally. And I don't think that's necessarily a negative. And the fact that you recognize that and you can see as an individual, here's some benefits that happen to me if I do take these other measures that um, also serve others. Um, I have another really good young professional woman friend who um, is very transparent that that is her motivator or that she has these very traditional motivators like money <laughs> and power and, um, but recognizing how to use or gain these things to be a benefit to all. And I think that's really great and powerful to see, especially since I, that's not a territory in which I have a lot of ownership. I had a very early constitution that was toward others um, with having early Lutheran education at a private school that did a lot of service work. Um, and so um, I don't think I truly got the religious aspect of it. I think as much as we tried to study the Bible and I learned the fancy song to learn all Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy. Um, <laughs> I, I only really got it when it was in action and it was us being able to serve each other and serve our community and then serve other communities and um, being fortunate and having that early exposure. But never was feminism in particular brought up or that concept or those feelings um and I, my first exposure to that was actually around early high school and um discovering tumblr <laughs> and nobody at my school was on tumblr which made it even more appealing because it was just this somewhat anonymous space which i think we all have kind of negative connotations with that in terms of the internet anymore but at the time, it was like all these ideas that I didn't know were happening in my own community because I wasn't being engaged in conversations around them 
yet. I was just on the cusp of that with high school. My sophomore year of high school, we were asked to draw a picture about a policy that we would change in the U.S. And I had just been on Tumblr for probably like three months at that point. But it's in case anybody's not super familiar with Tumblr, it's pretty long formatting and it has like creative writing and it has some like photography components at that point. And then it had like a lot of social justice related dialogue. And it was great because people would cite their sources and then you could link over and read more or verify. And like citing was like a very common thing to do if you're going to put an opinion out there but it was all very conversational millennial conversations like kind of like, kind of sarcastic and sassy and jokey um, but really really engaging because you just kind of wanted to be a part of the dialogue that was happening um, and so I just learned more about prostitution and so everybody else is holding up their Second Amendment rights. Um, I'm trying to think what anybody else did. A lot of guns were involved in this picture. <laughs> Small town, <laughs> Midwestern <laughs> society. Uh, and then here's me <laughs> with a picture of a stripper on a pole <laughs> and a diagram of money flow. <laughs> put it back in her pocket is what I was trying to demonstrate. I don't think it came across very well. <laughs> what but did your teacher do? He loved it. Loved it. Wanted so badly for somebody to be in the fray in any which way. <laughs> and then encouraged me to take AP Gov the next year. So then I did. <laughs> And now we have you as you are today. I love Hi, it. everybody. Welcome. <laughs> but it was that early encouragement. And it's, it was such a line for me at the beginning to be like, wow, these conversations only exist in this medium being Tumblr and in not areas of the country that are my own. And then I started integrating some of that knowledge, um, some of those prompts into my classrooms and my other relationships and then getting feedback about how there are people talking about these things or thoughts surrounding these issues and that these concerns aren't anywhere but here because they are everywhere. One of Katie's Skills, one of her many skills that I really, really appreciate is the perspective to approach to take a step back and gain that perspective and walk it through step by step by step and not make assumptions, not jump to conclusions, not make those instant calculations and patterns that we all want to make in this hustle bustle of getting it figured out and executing it and moving on it and getting the profit from it or whatever else you're trying to get out of it. And that's been such an asset in my life to be able to have that trusted thinking partner to be compassionate and be objective at the same time. You're gonna make me cry. <laughs> I thought we were done with being emotional. I thought that was just the first year. <laughs> oh, it is not just the first year. <laughs> Apparently it's all of life. <laughs> I've been reading Glennon Doyle and she's really hitting hard. Oh, I've heard good things. Mm. 
I've heard such good things. That's actually a really good transition. We were going to talk about what we're reading and watching right now. Oh, but I want to talk about, I want to talk about what I love about you. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I'm ready to hear it. You are so knowledgeable. And if you're not super knowledgeable about any area, you are willing to learn about it. And I think that is wonderful. I don't always put in the effort to learn something. <laughs> I, I think about it, but I don't always learn about it. And I just, you are so skilled at so many different areas. And I am so respectful of that. And I love that about you, Mackenzie. And you can, you can, I've seen it firsthand, take a group project and do it all yourself if you need to. But you want to be part of it. You want to do it all with the team and you want that experience and that's that's so valuable. I love working with you. I love working with you. (laughs) Thanks for signing up for another group project. (laughs) Anytime. I'll try not to take advantage of you and your willingness to do the things. You already haven't. You already took so much off of my plate so so far. So we're set. Solid. Good job, team. (laughs) So, Catherine, you did tease this. Gwendolyn Doyle. I've heard so many good things about that book. And you, little reader bee, with your book club, and then doing additional reading on top of that. Queen. I have a 30 minute drive. I listen to her audiobooks. Oh, that's how you do it. Yes. Audiobooks. Yes. I'm yes. going to get more into audiobooks because I love podcasts. So you'd think I would audiobook it away, but I do not. Reading, listening to, what are you watching oh. right now? I just got done watching How to Get Away with Murder and a little four part. Mem- kind of TV show based off of a book called Unorthodox. Mm. And it's about a, an Orthodox Jewish woman who is married and she's like lives in Brooklyn, but is very traditional in the sense that doesn't have like a smartphone, like doesn't use the internet kind of things like you get married, you have babies, and that's your job as a woman. And she, we see in the first episode right away, she leaves. She runs away from her husband and her family and goes to Berlin. And she kind of falls in with like an art group. And they, they make music, they're musicians. And um, they, they're at this like school that's very selective. And she ends up auditioning to get in. And I'll leave you with that. But it's what is this called? Unorthodox. Yes, it's, oh. all, it's only four parts, an hour each, and very good. I am super intrigued. Do it. Add it to your list. Netflix. Super intrigued. Oh my gosh. Okay, I am. I'm writing it down quick. <laughs> I love it. All right, Ken's. Hi. Reading, watching, listening to. So reading i am reading how to tell anyone anything it was a recommendation for this mini book clubs that's just me and one other person um it was her recommendation and she is very different than me that she's a very direct 
approach type of person and I'm a flutter around the topic and hopefully they'll agree. <laughs> uh, roundabout persuasion, get them really emotionally tethered to my success and then we'll land the, the bee into the pollen. <laughs> you know, we'll flutter to get there. It's a long so, game. <laughs> <laughs> it's been a really interesting read. I'm about a quarter of the way through and it kind of describes different a, a single approach um that has a lot of steps to it so I don't it's called the candid approach that would be like six steps because each letter in candid means something and it's an acronym <laughs> it's an acronym um so I'm liking it though I, I'm curious to put it into implementation but as a woman in a workplace that doesn't a workplace that's very nice that it's hard sometimes to figure out how to introduce some of that friction that makes a fire so um mm. and I don't like to think of myself as a rebel rouser or the I feel like inherently I kind of just am being the youngest in my office by 10 years and so I like to call myself like the office millennial or like <laughs> our little disruptor <laughs> And it's so unintentional. You brought a drawing of a stripper into your <laughs> your history class, like. <laughs> but I did it with good intentions. <laughs> you always do. I think your rebel rousing is always good intention. <laughs> I'll be able to frame the discussion around my stripper picture from now on. <laughs> Please, can we always bring it back to that? <laughs> and watching, um, my roommates and I are watching Little Fires Everywhere, which is a book that was turned into a TV show on Hulu with our girl Reese Witherspoon, her production company. That's a little teaser, folks, because we may or may not be very closely approaching Reese Witherspoon as a topic for an episode. I'm so excited. I'm so excited. She's one of us. And it's a knockout cast for that whole thing. I really want us to start a playlist for She Said because oh. there is a smoldering cover of the song Bitch. Okay, um, from <laughs> Little Fires Everywhere. I'm a bitch, I'm a lover, I'm a Oh, yeah. I'm a sinner, I'm a saint. Um, yeah, I will get a pop playlist going for She Said because I Beautiful. just like all women empowerment songs because it is so good. I mean, the original is really good, but it's like this little jazzy number and the mo it comes at like the very last episode, I think, or second to last episode. But its execution of timing with thematic things happening is just oh. superior. Superior. But that is what I'm watching right now. And then what I'm listening to is I just started it today. I'm very excited about it. Is the Serial Productions podcast started a new series that are called, that is White Parents. I'm trying to think yeah nice white parents nice it? white parents nice white parents and I just caught the first episode of it but um again just in that dynamic of 
taking ownership and there's an organizational psychology component to it that I really thought she teed up well the journalist who's presenting the storyline uh, where she's saying that this experience to be at a diverse school that still offers a lot of top-notch amenities essentially um, what does it mean when parents are not cognitively integrating their students into these classrooms um, with the historically children of color that are already that are the base of service previous to this infusion of white parent money and involvement and I think that part of it is what's really captivating me at the moment is, I mean, it's, it's multi-layered, but the whole coming into a space that in some ways you were very obviously invited into with the tours and the selling points and that sort of thing. But then also the background of like why that doesn't work just because you were invited to do so yeah i'm really excited to see the next steps of this exploration this journalist is going to take especially as a parent herself and some of those concerns and i think it's also really important i've heard about studies about millennials and gen z's wanting to put an emphasis on having their children in diverse communities that are in theory integrated but i think it's so easy to lose that component of it where we will continue to perpetuate gentrification and um, lose some of those cultural components that make it special and so and how can we do this intentionally and in a way that is productive and helpful to all members of that community so i think it's easy for that to be that disconnect where just because you're you're exposed, you think that all those other pieces are going to come together and it's, it doesn't work like that, unfortunately. <laughs> <laughs> it, I wish it was as easy as getting us all into the same room or the same area, but it's not. <laughs> right. Um, right. <laughs> Catherine, so good speaking with you today and getting able to put all of our thoughts and wishes in this well that is this podcast. So would you please share with anybody who might be listening? Hello out there. I hope you're enjoying yourselves um, where they can stay in touch with us. Yes, Mackenzie, you have beautiful words. Um, you can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at underscore she said podcast. We are discussing uh, women made media, women in the media, and all related subjects. And we have new episodes out every Wednesday, so join us.